You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Laura Payton. Laura is the Global Talent Manager for Papercut Software. Over the last 10 years, Laura has worked with local startups, Fortune 100 companies, and everything in between. Laura holds a degree in human resources and enjoys partnering with business leaders across the broad spectrum that is HR. Laura now channels her passion for great people experiences into developing and executing talent and employer branding strategies to support values-led businesses with a special interest in growing tech companies. Welcome to the Product Edge, Laura. Thanks, Jay. Great to be here. Amazing. How are you holding up? It's a nice sunny day in Melbourne today with uh, a road out of lockdown in sight. I know. I mean, it's watching those day daily numbers isn't isn't necessarily the best for the soul. So I'm just trying to in, yeah enjoy the sunshine and just hold hope that we'll be out of this sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. So before we jump into Papercut and discussing all things that is product recruitment, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I um, am originally from Sydney and um, that's where I grew up and, and started my career. And I moved to Melbourne about five years ago and at the time was working for a digital marketing company and really enjoying um, lots and lots of recruitment and um, employer branding work and and, uh, enjoying uh, the type of work that I was doing. But I was constantly recruiting salespeople. And let's just say that it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't make for the most fun recruitment processes or uh, the most dynamic recruitment processes. Um, so I, I I set out a goal to work for a tech company again. Um, so I, I worked for a great startup um, that actually uh, built the first Commonwealth Bank mobile applications back in, in 2010, around that time. Um, and I missed working with product people and engineers and product managers and everything in between. So I was fortunate enough to find Papercut about two and a half years ago. Um, and yeah, it's been one heck of a ride and still really, really enjoying it. Fantastic. How did I not know you were originally from Sydney? I know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably never come up. I, I try not to, to say it too much down in, in Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne has very quickly become my home. You know, I bought a house here with my partner within the first 12 months. So, yeah, it's just in the back of my mind now, I suppose. Fantastic. And so you've been with Papercut for two and a half years now. How, um, how would you describe Papercut for those that haven't heard of Papercut before? Papercut, I would describe as the the little known um, Aussie success story of the tech scene. Um, I knew nothing about Papercut when I saw the job ad and the amount of times that candidates say that 
to us when we're we're having those initial conversations you know it's 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 countless uh it's not until you look into paper cut that you realize um what a phenomenal local business that it is started by two two guys chris and matt um who met at university um chris was a you know a sysadmin for the local school that his father was actually a teacher at and he just had this idea that he wanted to to save paper that was constantly being left on printers, uncollected, no longer wanted um, by staff and students. And that idea just turned into a business over time that um, Matt and Chris were fortunate enough to leave their, their day jobs and, and work in the business full time, um, coming up to 20 years of the product and I think around 15 years of working in the business full time. And they just have so much passion and that passion, um, you know, overflows into the culture of the organisation. Um, we still have our first uh, employees, our first customers, our first partners, um, and we're a truly global business now after all of this time. Um, the majority of our, our customers uh, are actually from either the Americas region or the European region. So we, we have the luxury of building our product here in Australia and we can call ourselves an Aussie-made product, um, but we truly uh, have that global reach. So it's a really exciting company to work for. Absolutely. And a company that's gone on, you know, rapid growth over the last couple of years. What what size um, are you guys at the moment? So for a bit of perspective, I believe um, when the year before I joined, we might ha- we were under 100 people um, and we are now um, two, closing in on 220 people. And that's around the world. And so we were in three locations when I joined. Um, we're now in five locations. So we, we are expanding a lot. Um, COVID probably slowed us down a little bit. We, we, we would have been at this size close to eight months ago. Um, but, you know, we're, we're fortunate that the business is still going strong and that our growth plans are still still in place. Fantastic. Yes, I think when I first met Chris back in early 2015, I think the Mm. business was about 60 or so people. So that's huge growth in a relatively short time frame. Yeah, absolutely. So I was was roughly employee number 120 or something like that. So (laughs) to have brought 100 people into the business um, and that's just the net increase. We've 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 obviously brought on a little bit more than that um, over time as 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 people have have moved on. But uh, yeah, constant constant recruitment is really exciting for the business because we just have those new perspectives coming in the door. Um, you know, there was a a while there where it was every single week and it was a, a bit of a joke really people trying to catch up with who was joining the business but now it's more yeah we've got a, a few people each month which is nice and we're you know we're always excited to invite more people into the family fantastic and one thing I'm really keen to discuss with you is product management is the cool sexy kid on the block at the moment for one of a better phrase and everybody wants to be in product but there's a lot of disconnect in the community around how companies are approaching product and what product management looks like. What does product management look like within Papercut? So our approach to product management, I really feel stems from the way that Chris and Matt 
you know, brought paper cut into the world, so to speak. Um, it's always been a very customer focused way of building our product. Um, we also pride ourselves on being incredibly engineering driven. So when I say engineering driven for paper cut, it's in things such as our engineers end up coming up with the best ideas for our new features. And they really look at what the product is currently, how our customers are interacting with it, what the feedback is on the product. And then they put that all together and along with our product management team, they decide, you know, what we need to build next and actually what these customers are really asking for because it is a very, very technical product. It's not something that a general just consumer base would understand why we even need this product or what it actually does. You know, there's a lot of moving parts under the hood, so to speak. Um, so our approach is to, to be very close to what the customer is doing and what they're saying and then using our expertise on the technology and our product itself to be like, okay, we understand what, what's needed next and what path we need to go down. Um, and so a lot of those decisions actually have to be generated within the business um, and, and not something that we can go out into the market and be like, okay, we're listening, market. Tell us what's next. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. And how do you engage your engineers to be so passionate and committed to, to the product? Because that's probably one of the... Um, common observations that that I've seen is that product managers sometimes struggle to bring engineers on the journey or you know the engineers see ideation and and new featured ideas as the product managers well you have engineers that are you know thinking of these new features themselves how, how do you create that culture yeah so I, I, again you started from the beginning Chris and Matt are both engineers who had to become product people So that's almost been a theme that we've continued with after all of this time. And we've also uh, learned through that process as Chris and Matt starting, starting off as engineers, that engineers need to have a product mindset. And they need to have um, a focus on the evolution of the product um, as well as the evolution of the technology that we're using um, or, you know, the way that it's built, et cetera. So when we recruit, we actually look for elements of product and engineering in both roles. So our process actually has assessments throughout that look at a product manager's technical aptitude. So how will they actually go with um, dealing with the engineer teams in this kind of uh, almost like constantly collaborating on what these ideas are and, like you said, not having it sit just with one discipline. And then when we recruit our engineers, we have a product component. So we actually have product managers as a part of the process where we have a workshop component talking about um, the 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 strategy of the product or, or maybe what the, the roadmap might look like for a particular feature to see how the engineers go during those product discussions. Um, and even at the very early stages, so those initial calls with the recruiter, so, you know, that could be myself, could be anyone else in our team, 
we we ask them, you know, what what is a product out on the market that they think is doing well and why? And that usually gives us some really great insights into what they focus on. And it's those engineers who come back with, well, it's great for the customer for, for this reason. It solves this customer problem. Um, you know, it, it found a gap in the market that is something that the world really needs or, you know, on and on and on. There's all, all these different reasons. But what we're looking for is not just that it's a cool piece of tech that they loved, mm-hmm. but they recognise why it solved a customer problem. Fantastic. So really embedding that in the as early as the recruitment process. So you're bringing those product-minded engineers in and those technically-minded product folk into the business. Absolutely. And then it just becomes our way of working internally. Those conversations and those collaboration sessions, everyone around the whiteboard from, you know, Chris, the CEO, to a product manager and an engineer, they as a team are coming up with the solution. Fantastic. And just circling back around to something you said a minute ago around, you know, being really close to the customer. A lot of product-led businesses are trying to become more customer-centric and I know a lot of product managers are are trying to have more interaction with their customers. What does that look like in in Papercut's world? So, again, it's quite different in Papercut because we do not um, sell Papercut directly to the consumer or to the business that's going to be using our software. We have a small direct sales component, but it doesn't take up the vast majority of, of how we reach those customers at the end of the day. Okay. So we have a, a channel, a channel, a, a distribution model, which has uh, involves other businesses who typically would be selling the hardware, so the printers or the multifunction devices, um, or who are selling uh, other, other solutions. And Papercut is just one one part that they offer. So for us, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. So we expand our reach exponentially by working with these businesses. So we have a number much larger than 220 people who are out talking about Papercut with customers on a daily basis, advocating for our product and receiving feedback at the same time. So because of those close partnerships, we can really leverage that and we can take that feedback and fold it back into the product development process. But then we also have some um, you know, challenges or opportunities when we're looking to launch a new product that we need to be able to connect directly with people who are going to be using the product versus people who are going to sell the product on our behalf. But again, we leverage those partnerships and we work with those uh, partners to find customers who are willing to participate in pilot programs to trial new new features or new um, software that we're building. So it's very relationship driven. Um, It's a lot of business to business to business. Right. Fantastic. Okay. So let's get behind the scenes a little bit. And I know this is something that a lot of product folk, you know, are keen to understand. Talk me through the process of role creation. So you've identified there's a gap in the product team. What process do you go to, to determine what you need? It's a really good question. Um, And I think that it is absolutely bespoke to the business that you work in. Mm -hmm. And for us, we operate in a very, um, uh, a very, uh, well, we have what we call initiatives. And these initiatives are based on the priorities in the product at the time and what we think the customer needs most. 
So, of course, there needs to be a market opportunity for it, but also always having what the customer needs most in mind. So what we're looking for in product people is typically for them to to come in um, and work in that very collaborative space and to add value in a lot of different areas. So not only are we constantly on the lookout for great product people, but when we find a gap in the business, it's usually because an initiative or a priority has presented itself and we're looking for someone with specific experience or expertise to come in um, and help guide that initiative or even lead that initiative. But then we continue to benefit from that experience moving forward. Um, So as an example, with our new uh, cloud-based products that we're working with, we're going to be dealing with a lot of um, mobile devices, more so than we ever have in the past. So, for example, we could very much benefit from quite a a senior product person who has dealt with um, a product that is across platforms, across devices. So it really comes from the teams. The teams identify what are the priorities and then we say, okay, do we have the capability within the business? Yes or no. We, of course, have a lot of opportunities for people to grow into roles. Uh, But sometimes we need to be honest that, hey, no one's ever done this before who works in Papercut currently, so we probably need to go and, and find someone to help us out. And it usually snowballs from there. So if you have a particular passion area and we have a, a need for that in paper cut, then because of our very flat and fluid structure, uh, there's an opportunity to, to almost choose your own adventure when you come into paper cut. And you can maybe start in a particular area to get up to speed. You might end up six to 12 months later leading an initiative that you have expertise on. And then what happens from there, um, you know, really you get to explore and decide. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, Papercut is great at providing that opportunity. I know um, when we've helped you with recruitment, we've helped people move into UX that are now in product roles, people into VA roles that are now in product roles. So really providing that career development opportunity is, is fantastic. And people have learned the business in other areas. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the reasons why um, those those BA and UXs that you spoke about um, are in product roles now is because we recognised the importance of not having highly specialised roles in the business and to be more fluid around it. And because we are a product business, you know, inevitably people come in and go, I just want to get involved with the product as much as I possibly can. And by saying, okay, well, we're all product people of some description. Uh, Let's work with you. Um, You know, Jade, you're a fantastic UXer. Let's work with you to build your capabilities in other areas of product so that you can contribute even more greatly. Fantastic. So when you decide that, you know, potentially you don't have the experience that you're looking for internally and you do decide to, to go to market to hire a new product manager or senior product manager, what do you typically look for? It really is dependent on um, the requirement at the time, but there's some pretty key uh, key attributes that that we're looking for. So number one was definitely what I mentioned earlier around that engineering experience. So we have found a lot of success with product people 
who actually started their careers as engineers or software developers. Mm-hmm. The other success that we have found um, is with product people who have worked on highly technical uh, products. Mm-hmm. So, so they've had to go in and they've had to learn a completely new industry piece of technology um, and they've had to embed themselves in order to be effective as a product person. So we can straight away see, okay, this person is willing to, to get in and understand, um, you know, the product that we're trying to build and they're not going to just come in and try and coordinate stakeholders. So that's the biggest difference that we find. We're looking for a bit of a mix of product ownership and product management on the commercial side of things. Mm -hmm. So you need to be an internal connector as well as an external connector with our channel, um, you know, our distribution uh, network that I spoke about. And then on the um, product ownership side is you, we're really looking for people who are not going to delegate out those decisions right? We want you to have an opinion. Um, it can't be, you know, just your opinion, my way or the highway type of scenario, but connect with others in the business. Um, talk to Tom Clift, who was our first employee. He has been here pretty, you know, around the product pretty much as long as Chris has. Uh, find out from him why we did something a certain way and help that inform your decision and then come back to the team and say, you know, this is what I think, what do you guys think, um, and come up with the solution together. It's not really around just making sure we hit those milestones, you know, as we've set out in the sprint. It's about, you know, making sure that everyone has the information and the tools they need to be making these really critical product decisions um, and to decide our, our pathway forward. So, yeah, we're definitely looking for people who willing to get in, understand the technology, work with the engineering teams, um, speak their language, so to speak, so Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't have this product versus engineering, uh, you know, within the business, which we're very fortunate um, we've worked a lot on over the years to to not have that type of culture, Mm -hmm. Uh, but still be willing to to make those, those calls because the bigger we get and the more we diversify our product portfolio, we need as many people as we can in the business who are making those well-informed um, decisions so that we can grow as, as, as fast as the market will allow us to. Definitely. And when you go to market, um, are there any challenges that, that, you, that you face when trying to hire product folk? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the biggest challenge that you, that you find? The biggest challenge that we find is um, is matching people's experience with the way that we operate internally, and we had to have uh, we, we we came to a, a, a moment of realization um, when we got all of our our product people together. Um, who we've been recruiting over the last few years. So we've got some who have been in the business a while, some who who are are a little bit newer, so offer that fresh perspective. And we we would talk about this one big challenge that we had, which was we would get to the end of the process and we couldn't really assess whether or not these candidates um, had experience in a channel environment similar to ours. And some of our newer um, product managers um, put their hand up and said, well, to be fair, 
you can't really have experience in it until you are here because, you know, it's not a typical, you know, environment. It's not a typical um, kind of uh, relationship network that you have to have to work with um, and so what we needed to do was adapt our interview process to understand if people were going to be more likely to thrive um, and take the focus away from proving that they already had that experience and therefore we could guarantee that they would be okay um, if we can talk about all of the elements that make them um, a great uh, value add to the business and we can really foresee how they will thrive in our environment. So we definitely don't want to bring people in, for example, who love a lot of structure and, you know, maybe love a chain of command where, you know, there's directions being fed through through the business. Um, that's the type of candidate that where we would say, even if your experience is fantastic, it would, it would be um, a shame <laughs> to bring you in here because you're probably not going to be comfortable with the way that we do things. But if we see someone who would thrive in that environment and make the opportunity their own, then we'll go, okay, well, let's put the support in place to bring them up to speed on our channel um, and that, that onus is on us and it's no longer on them to prove in the interview process. So that's been something we've had to shift in recent times. Um, good news is it has opened the door for a wider variety of candidates to come in and to have those conversations with. And it's really great because I see our product roles at Papercard as really big career opportunities for product people, especially in, in the Melbourne market, um, because you won't find many similar product opportunities out there. Absolutely. I love that. I love that, um, you know, you took the time internally to reflect on your process because too often you see companies that, you know, have positions vacant for months and months and they're constantly qualifying people out of the process instead of doing some sort of inward reflection and looking at how you can better support people, whether it's the experience, but if they do have the right skills and behaviours that you can support them get up to speed. So that's fantastic to hear. Just on the channel side, so if I'm a product manager and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I haven't necessarily worked in a channel environment like Papercard, how would I be able to, I guess, self-assess as to whether I would thrive in that environment? Are there any like one or two questions that I could be asking myself? That's a really good question. I think um, if you've worked in a business-to-business environment then there is a lot of things that you could take from that and and adapt to our environment so we've had success in the past um with more so with with product managers who have worked b2b rather than b2c we just think that it's a completely different different ball game so even even though you might be dealing with similar technology or similar teams so the team um structure might be might be similar um it's really quite different so i would probably be asking yourself where is my passion for product is it in b2c products or is it in B2B products? Uh, because you're going to get very different feedback in terms of your day-to-day -day work. So in a B2C product, you might be able to get that immediate feedback by um, seeing customers use your product. 
you might even see them use it out in the wild if it's an app that they're using or, or something. Um, or you'll be able to go online and look at direct feedback from the customers and help that inform your, your product roadmap. B2B, very relationship-driven, much longer term. Um, you've got to put that effort in up front to establish those relationships and build that trust um, and then you've also got to seek out that customer feedback because it won't be as easy to find. Um, so, yeah, I think it really depends on, you know, where you get that satisfaction from in your day-to-day life at work. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, I, I regularly advise people to, you know, are you looking for a startup, a scale-up or more the enterprise environments because they are very different and um, it's really, you know, determining where you're, ultimately going to thrive mm. the the product manager role is is so broad and I think you know as um it, it's starting to mature companies are asking more and more from their their product managers are you seeing any skills gaps in the market that um yeah any skills gaps that you can see yeah it's a it's a good question and it really does depend on again, what the candidate likes about product management. Because I think that, as you, as you said, product management as a, as a role, as a discipline, is, is evolving constantly. So we need to be understanding that product management may look completely different in the company that you're at versus the company that you're looking to apply for or that you want to work for. So you need to be flexible. Uh, you I definitely believe you can't have the mindset of that's not part of my job description, right? So you need to be open to just getting in there, especially important at a startup and a scale-up phase. And we do see paper cut as a as a scale-up. And you could look at a lot of our partners as either startups or scale-ups. So we have that real mix of environments and, and uh, lots of just needing to, to find the gaps and fill them the best that we can. So in terms of, of capability gaps, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's those product managers who have maybe, maybe come from a bit more of a structured environment or it's quite typical for business analysts to move into product as well. And maybe shaking off some of that BA, you know, love of process and everything, you know, uh, turning out as, as you know, we hope that it will and, and making sure that we've dotted our I's and crossed our T's and, and approach it more as, well, let's pretend this is my own business. You know, we have a saying in paper cut, think like a founder. So we want you to think like this is your product, your business, your money that you're going to invest into this and help that guide your decision. I love that. That's a, that's a great one. I might steal that uh, for my business as well. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. <laughs> um, okay, so look, even the um, most senior product manager gets nerves going into an interview and as you know recruitment specialist it's probably second nature to us if we were to go and apply for a role tomorrow and start interviewing we we'd know what to do and how to prepare it it surprises me sometimes but sometimes it doesn't that that people don't really know how to prepare for interviews what what tips do you have to help someone prepare for the next product interview okay first and foremost 
I know that um, when you're on when you're on the job hunt, it can be hard to keep track of what opportunities that you're interviewing for. So I would suggest that people do, you know, note down what they've applied for, maybe what they liked about that um, that advertisement or that opportunity when they heard about it, any questions that sprung to mind immediately. Write that down so that if someone does give you a call, um, now we don't call people out of the blue. We do send them a link to, to book in a time that's suitable. But, you know, it's still common practice for people to, to get that initial phone call. Um, but you'll have your notes there ready to remind yourself what is this opportunity and, and you know, what, what did I like about it? What are some of the questions that I have? Because we understand that it's a two-way street. So we do, we do want to hear that you, you have questions or you've been thinking about what it, what it might look like to, to work for our business. Um, do your research. So it's really important to show that you're um, that you're keen. You don't have to be overly keen. You don't have to say, "Oh, I can't wait to work for Papercut." But you know, maybe uh, even having read some of the stories on our website about how we got started, or where we're located, or maybe a couple of the the most recent product releases, those sorts of things really show that you've you've gone and and put the time and the effort in. When it comes down to, um, you know, your more standard uh, interviews such as a behavioural-based interview um, or you might be asked to present something, might be given a scenario, have to do a presentation or even a, a collaborative workshop, um, pretend, pretend like you already work in the business would be my number one tip. So don't go in there, um, and this is easier said than done, I know, um, but it'll take practice, is don't assume that the people on the other side of the table are trying to trip you up. Mm. Um, they really want someone to work in the business and more often than not, they're going to be looking for reasons to hire you, not reasons not to hire you. So if that can, if that does any, you know, anything to alleviate some of your concerns, um, I hope it does because we want to help you. And if that means that someone asks you a question and you stop and you pause and you're like, well, this is, this is how I'm understanding that question, but can I just check with you what exactly are you looking for um, or have I um, you know, interpreted this question correctly? That's not that's not a weakness. That's showing that you actually you know care, um, and that you want to you want to have an effective conversation in the time that you've got, because it's a limited amount of time, right? We only get to spend maybe up to three hours with someone um, before we have to make a decision, basically to to spend the next how many years together, right? You wouldn't do you wouldn't do that in, an, in any any type of uh, any other situation. So. Um, yeah, just, you know, act like they're on your side. Um, if it's somewhere that you, you really want to work, imagine yourself as already working for that business and, and try and be more collaborative in your approach. And then hopefully that feels less like the spotlight's completely on you. Absolutely. And I think that's a really important point, Laura, because I think, you know, whether it's product interviews or even software engineering interviews, there's usually some take home task. And I think some candidates get into the mindset, oh, I've got this task. I just have to figure it all, all out by myself. And, you know, engaging with you and asking questions, is this what you mean? What, what does this mean? 
and and so on you know it's like being in a real situation if you're working with this person you're not just going to go away and do something without actually coming back around and checking a few things I know that's what I always hated about exams and tests it's like but when I'm in the workplace I've got Google (laughs) I can actually look up the answer so yeah you're absolutely spot on that that's that's our intention our intention is to to work with our candidates um, and not just expect them to to have all of the answers Um, actually it's a it's a it's a strength that we look for to say, well, I'm not sure. Can I ask some more questions? Or, um, you know, he he's what initially has sprung to my mind, but I'd love to validate that with you. Can you can you tell me what you think? Great advice. And then I guess the flip side of that, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see PMs making during the hiring process? Hmm, that's a product management is is quite an intricate um, field, right? So every candidate experience is is almost entirely different depending on what environments they've worked in in the past. Um, But I would say you need to leave your expectations at the door of what our product environment is like and be as inquisitive as you can to understand where we're coming from um, not only will that help you work out whether or not paper cuts the right environment for you or whatever product business um, that you're that you're interviewing with, but it can also prevent uh, you thinking that the way that something has been done in a previous workplace is the only way that something can be done or is the right way of approaching product management um, because it is an ever-growing field and it's changing all of the time. Um, So I would say use your examples, use your past experience, but you yourself question that experience um, in the process and say, look, this is how I've done it in the past, um, but upon reflection, you know, here's maybe how I might have done it differently or I would love to understand if there was a similar scenario at Papercut, what do you think Papercut would have done or what decision would Papercut have made? Um, Because one thing that I do uh, think that I would like to see more of is is candidates asking more questions to work out if Papercut's the right fit Um, because I think that it is a pretty... um, pretty strong market for product. There there are enough product opportunities out there that you can be particular in what you're looking for. Um, So, yeah, please please don't come to the interview thinking you just need to impress the socks off us to to get the role. Please make sure it's the right role for you and it's somewhere where you can grow and and see yourself longer term um, and somewhere that will not only challenge you but will also be an enjoyable place for, for you to spend you know, 38 hours plus a week. Absolutely. And then what would you say would be the wow PM? So is there any attributes that stand out that when you see that you go, wow, this person is is for us? We've, we've been really fortunate over the last couple of months um, since we began actively hiring again um, from, from when COVID Put a dampener on our plans earlier in the year to to find product managers who are really good at connecting those 
more organisational goals to the project goals or the feature or the you know the, the feature that you're working on. So translating the direction of the business down into those day-to-day uh, activities and working with the engineer teams to really help say, well, the impact of this is going to be X, Y, and Z, which really, you know, feeds into our overall direction of, you know, uh, you know, chasing cloud or, you know, moving away from, you know, us being this business into being this business in a few years' time. Those constant reminders for people throughout the business of what is it we're actually moving towards, what are we working towards, I think product people can play a really big role in that um, in product-led businesses such as Papercut um, because they have all of those connections. They're not only working with the um, internal teams and all of the different layers that that come within um, the internal teams, but they're also working with uh, external partners and and customers and um, they can really connect those dots. So I really have been impressed by candidates recently and, um, you know, working with our our talent team and the excitement in, you know, um, Jimmy's voice. Jimmy's one of our talent partners who focuses heavily on, on product engineering and product management. If he reaches out to you, great guy. Um, you know, the excitement in his voice where he'll be like, they just get it. They just get the role that a product manager can play in connecting all of those dots and really helping driving our strategy forward, not one feature at a time, but having that longer-term vision. Yeah, love it. Laura, you've been amazing Thank you so much for sharing your insights and experience with us. How can we stay connected with you going forward? So follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's Laura Payton, P-A-T-O-N. Um, I love connecting with the with the product um, the product crew and, you know, uh, Jimmy himself also uh, out at meetups as much as we can, obviously not right now um, with, with COVID going on, um, but also follow our page, uh, Papercut Software on LinkedIn. You know, we, we often do a lot of tech or product focused pieces. Um, so yeah, connect with me on there and I'd be happy to also introduce you to some of our product people within Papercut. Uh, we usually, when the office is open, love to have people drop in for a coffee as well. So any local uh, Melbourne people who are near Camberwell, once we're open again, uh, you know, we have an open door policy to drop in for a coffee. So we'd love to, to see people and chat more product. And you have an amazing balcony that is great for drinks and barbecues when the sun is shining. So there's oh, an extra perk. <laughs> I'm, I'm missing it so much, especially going into the warmer weather. But look, hopefully we'll be back there soon. Amazing. And lastly, what would be one piece of advice that you'd like to share with product managers that are trying to navigate the complexity of finding new employment at the moment? My my biggest piece of advice is to reach out and connect with people. I think fundamentally people love helping people and if you can connect with other product managers, you can connect with people like Jade who have their finger on the pulse of, you know, what's going on in the market, uh, ask for advice, ask for help. That would be my number one piece um, of advice because there will be someone out there that will have 
you know, a solid gold piece of information or advice that will set you on the right track. Um, so, yeah, I, I really hope that people stay connected through this time. We need it more than ever. Um, we don't have all of the usual outlets to, to find one another. Um, so be kind, help one another out, accept that LinkedIn message and, and see what you can do for one another. Absolutely. Laura, you've been great. Thank you. Thanks, Jade. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.